And now, on with the show. Hey there, everybody. It is whatever day it is whenever this comes out. Uh, this is Brett the, Ro- Brett the Rock Johnson coming at you. It's time for a bonus episode of Film Fracas. We, hey, we're doing welcome. bonus episodes. <laughs> So they're, they're, These are the casual yeah, episodes. It's a very casual yeah. episode. We're gonna have a couple of weeks of this real yeah. casual, laid back. Yeah, since yeah. they're so eager to start with me as always, are uh, Carter, the whole effing show spilliards. That's me. And Robbie, the main man to Shazer. That, hey, that's me. <laughs> yeah, we recorded and uh, yeah, we had our season two finale. That uh, happened not too long ago. Beating the Beast wound up the winner of season two. Yeah. So much rejoicing. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, we're just going to have a little, a little bonus trip. episode tonight. Yeah. Just real casual, real laid back. Hope you guys are sitting back wearing some comfy clothes, drinking mm-hmm. something you like, whether it's yeah. water or a Cosmo or what have you. But, uh, yeah, so tonight we're going to be doing just like a little mini fracas of yeah. sorts. We're going to... Trying out some smaller one-by-one content. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so... Think we were saying we're gonna have a little mini fracas about yeah. last well, year's last year's summer, summer blockbuster. Yeah, so we're yeah. right in the middle of this year's summer blockbuster season, 2018. But we could start mm-hmm. off everyone talking about what their favorite blockbuster year is so far. Oh, okay. over the year. Talk about yeah, it so far. So far, and then because I, I haven't seen a lot of the summer blockbusters. Yeah. and then we'll move on to our little yeah. mini fracas. Okay. For sure, Carter. Do you have a favorite summer blockbuster of this year so far? Um, I don't know. Come back to me. Come back to you. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go ahead and address the uh, elephant in the room of the of summer blockbusters for 2018. The Incredibles 2 is fantastic. <laughs> I'm loving it. It's I've seen it once already. I'm very excited to probably see it again this weekend. Um, but it's it's so good. We've been waiting, you know, 14 years for it at this point. I know that that's like the, you know, everyone's been saying it. Oh, I'm an adult watching a kid's movie now or whatever. But like, there's some validity to it, you know. It's it's a movie. If you want to see it, you can go see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. I, I, I retweeted it, but it was the guy who was like, oh, I'm, I'm an adult seeing The Incredibles 2. <laughs> that, I must, I'm just so quirky like that, aren't I? I you know? I actually... <laughs> Parents keep the kids at home for this one. This one's for the millennials! <laughs> oh, no. I, uh, I loved Incredibles 2. It's so good. I thought it was um, exactly what a sequel should be. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like a natural like um, continuation of the characters, and you learn more about each one, and it, it doesn't try to do the same thing as the first one. Um, yeah, and it feels like you know, definitely kind of sets up for a third one too. Yeah, which oh, yeah. I hope they do. We'll see what happens. Um, I mean, I'd like to see this more. one was incredibly successful financially. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we're you know. Are we making puns on this show now? That that was honestly <laughs> on accident. The worst part about that was. Carter gave me this death glare that I was not prepared for. And I was like, oh, no, what did I do? And then he was like, you making puns? And I was like, oh, oh, I did not mean what I said. Maybe not a summer blockbuster, but a blockbuster, probably my favorite so far this year, is probably Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I'd count it. Yeah. Count it, it was it, actually it, the first summer blockbuster. Okay. Summer yeah, blockbuster I, I didn't know season April, April, April 27th. Yeah, I didn't know if that was too close or whatever, but yeah, I... 
I had a really good time with Avengers Infinity War. Uh, I'm, I'd like to think I'm a big comic book fan, so I really enjoy the Marvel movies. And so it was just really, I don't know, I thought it was really cool seeing everything come to a head like this and just everything coming together. And yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens in uh, the next one. Yeah. If you guys will remember, those of you who have been following us on Twitter for a while, we watched all of the MCU movies yes. in preparation for Infinity War in probably the most delirious oh I've seen these yes. two gentlemen ever. It was a lot. It was a, it was a lot. It but was we a made lot. it. We, we made it. We did it. We're doing a full... Um, are we going to do a full MCU rewatch again before knows? 4 comes out? Maybe. Maybe not. You were talking about watching everything. I mean, I the know. shows, the... We'll see. The one-shots, the... We'll see. One-shots um, aren't hard because they're like 15 minutes. Yes. The I'm shows... Gonna, I'm going to at least... I'll at least rewatch the entire MCU. I'm not sure about TV shows and such. It's a lot. So Anywho. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm going to cheat and say, um, <laughs> well, here, there's, if I'm doing a blockbuster, um, there's one. But if I'm doing a not blockbuster, there are two not blockbuster movies that came out in the summer that I've really enjoyed. <laughs> so my blockbuster is Solo, A Star Wars Story. I really like it a lot. Every time I've seen it, I've liked it even more. And I highly recommend going out and watching it if you haven't watched it yet. I think it's a lot of fun. Brett was bored. Brett was bored. I Robbie was, and I both enjoyed it. I was it. bored. It, but I said it lands right smack dab in the middle of my ranking of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, I th- which means it's pretty good. I think uh, it's a reminder that I like all ten of these movies. Yeah, so. I, I think it's I think it's really good. So go see that if you haven't. Um, the other ones that are more. I think better quality-wise are um, Hereditary and Won't You Be My Neighbor, which are two much smaller movies that um, Won't You Be My Neighbor doesn't even have a wide release yet. But um, it will at the time of release of this uh, episode coming out. Should it should this will be coming out uh, July eleventh? Yeah, so it should should by then. Um, But it is it's very good. Um, I've quite enjoyed. Hereditary is probably the most terrifying movie I've ever seen. I loved Hereditary. I thought it was fantastic. The more I think about it, the more I love it. Yeah, no, it was it was absolutely fantastic. Um, but I was scared to death. We were quite terrified. Yeah. And then, um, Will You Be My Neighbor, which I think I'm the only one who's seen it. Yeah, I'm excited um, to see it soon. Probably this upcoming weekend. I uh, I absolutely loved that movie. I It's the documentary about uh, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, um, the making of... His whole show, uh, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, on PBS, and all of the accompanying things with that. And it traces it from when the show began until his death and kind of the impact it had. Um, and it's it's so good because, it. I mean, I was like in tears the whole time. And it's weird because I never had a connection to Mr. Rogers. I never watched him as a kid. I knew who he was and, and the show and, and what it was, you know, what it did. That I never watched any of it, and I felt found myself engrossed in the documentary, and um, it's just absolutely entrancing. And it's it's a shame because you learn what a pure and like nice person he actually was, and it's it's a shame that he's gone. Yeah. So, but that's that's where I'm at on those. Yeah. Um, also, throw out shout outs to Deadpool too, which I'm Deadpool sure Deadpool was pretty are, good. You know, people that have listened to the show have probably seen at this point. I liked it. Uh, not as much as the first one, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought good. it was pretty good. Um, I will also throw a shout out to another documentary. RBG is really good as I've well. I I quite loved it. Uh, if I mean, it's got definitely a bias to it and that it's very pro-liberal justice, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> so if that's not your thing, 
maybe don't go see it. But if you like uh, the Notorious RBG, if you like to learn a little bit more about her life uh, and, you know, her marriage and to her husband who passed away not too long ago, uh, who he seemed to be a fantastic man as well. Um, just a very interesting story, mm -hmm. a very inspirational woman. Uh, I recommend seeing it. So kind of similar into the vein of uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. So. All right, cool. let's, let's get down to our fracas. So yes. we're doing last year's summer block posters, so summer 2017. Um, basically how this will work is kind of like our series finales. We'll just talk kind of in general about the movies. Absolutely. Uh, strengths and weaknesses. Um, our films today will be... Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, Baby Driver... And uh, Spider-Man Spider Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming, so... So, yeah. Been a nice crop of movies. I thought last year's summer blockbuster season was a little bit weaker. There weren't yes. to be as many standouts. We got another pirate sequel. Especially now, a year and a, a year later, I think of... I think of these three movies we're talking about. Um, Guardians 2 is there, but I'm not... I mean, I... We had a couple of swings and misses. Like, oh my gosh, that's the great, yeah. greatest thing ever. I liked Atomic Blonde... Yeah, 2017 um, summer had a lot, like I said, had a lot of swings and misses with uh, Tom Cruise's uh, Mummy reboot. Mummy was awful. That film uh, was horrible. Baywatch, which I think was kind of going for like a mm. 21 Jump Street yeah, vibe and did idea. not do it well. Uh, Dunkirk came out, Dunkirk but I haven't seen great. Dunkirk, so we're not going to talk about it. I quite enjoyed Dunkirk. Uh, another Transformers movie, another Alien sequel. Mm. Um, yeah. Dark Tower was another one that was a swing and a miss. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. I did go see. Forgot I that movie existed. And if you want to stretch it real far back, there was uh, a Fast and Furious, Fate of the Furious. That was in April. That was in April, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you could put Infinity War as a summer blockbuster, I feel like you can put the Fate of the Furious yeah. as a... Yeah. And then, at the, at the very end of the summer, too, uh, Kingsman. Yes, Kingsman, Kingsman Golden Circle. Also so, not as good as the first one, but still pretty good. So we had some we had some pretty middle-of-the-road things, but I think the three we chose were kind of the three standouts of the yeah. summer. But we're not talking about all the ones that we're not talking about. We're talking about the ones we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> let's get into this fracas. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. So let's start with Wonder Woman. Okay. Wonder Woman. What were the film's strengths? I thought, uh, you, I feel like anytime you have Wonder Woman in a movie, she actually does tend to be the best part of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, she proved that between, you know, her solo movie that we're talking about here. She did it, I think she was one of the best parts of Batman versus Superman, mm -hmm. as well as the Justice League movie. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Justice League movie wasn't great in general. E even the scenes with Wonder Woman in the Justice League movie weren't good. Like, they, her character was totally watered down in Justice League, but That's fair. we're... We're not talking about that. We're, no, not, we're, we're not talking about Batman v Superman because those are those are whole another universe of worms that I don't want to plunge my fair. hands into right now. <laughs> but uh, I think you do have you know just I mean Patty Jenkins is a fantastic director and had a very clear vision of what she wanted to do in Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. which uh, I think um, if I'm being honest, when I came out of it, I did come out saying that's probably the best movie I've seen from the DC Extended Universe. But maybe still not better than that's other. also a very low bar. Yeah, like that's a bar that's like ten feet underground. That's fair. That that's you can totally fair. Shuffle over. Yeah, but I that's I, I felt like I was coming out saying maybe the best thing the DCEU has put out, but still maybe not as great as some other comic book movies you could yeah. compare it to. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe middle of the ground if you put it in with like it, the it, MCU and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like it, it's perfectly fine. I say it's on the same level as like. Uh, 
like the first Thor, the first Captain America. Right. It, it's it's on the same levels like any good Marvel movie. Like it's not yeah. bad, it's not great, but it's like it's good. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it did a good job of doing an interesting origin story for, you know. I definitely yeah. as- associate it pretty heavily with the first Captain America because it's mm-hmm. a very kind of similar structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the sorry. Oh, I was uh, just gonna say. Well, I I enjoyed. Um, the design of the film a lot, like how the mascara looked, that, that's and the, how they all interacted with each other. That, um, that's exactly what I was going to say. Was like yeah. I, I feel like the strongest parts of Wonder Woman were uh, the, the production design, yeah, the, the, old, co- the costumes, yeah, the old London. Yeah, like I, 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 I hope, smoke and everything. Yeah, I hope whoever was in charge of all the costumes and all like the yeah. set, sets and production design, everything. I hope they're mm-hmm. I hope they're finding plenty of good work because that was all. Yeah. Really good. It was done really well. Yeah. Uh, t- touching on Rob, Robbie said like Wonder Woman's like the best part of this. Uh, I I think part of like Wonder Woman. Yes, Wonder Woman is the best part of it. Uh, I, I love Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor, but I feel like everybody that was not Wonder Woman or Steve Trevor was very just very paper thin and very yeah. just kind of like oh that's a character, that's another character. Then even when like Ares was revealed, it's like oh that's Ares. Now Ares is dead. Um, In the Ares reveal, I... If you didn't see it coming, it wasn't very... Yeah. It wasn't very impactful. Well, and it's like, if you didn't see it coming, then it feels kind of out of left field. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, this one character that we got two seconds of earlier in the movie is the bad guy. Is Ares. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's like, but if then again, if you were also like, oh, no, he's probably the bad guy, because you can clearly tell they're misdirecting you from the main yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, just, yeah, Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor are probably mm-hmm. the strongest characters, but yeah. a lot of the side characters are very, very weak, mm-hmm. I'd have to say. Um, that being said, about them being weak and, like, the villain was, for me, at least subpar. I think yeah. It was very kind of. The thing that still bothers me about this movie, you know, a year later mm-hmm. at this point, just about that villain reveal, is uh, seeing. The, I mean, his, to me, he'll always be Remus Lupin from the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. But just when you go back and you see Ares being, like, thrown off of Olympus or whatever, and it's still his face underneath, like, the the mask, and you're like, I felt like he was, like, a shapeshifter or something. Not that this was just what Ares underneath <laughs> the armor looked like. like Ares he, just looks like a dork. He, was disgui- he wasn't disguising himself. He's, he really is just this scrawny little guy underneath, like, this giant armor. And I never thought of that before. He, like, looks up and screams, and you're like, you're tiny, man. Like, you're supposed to be the god of war. Yeah, it was, it was, it still bothers me. Like, it just... <laughs> he is still performed quite well by uh, David Dulles. Dulles, yes. Dulles, yes. Um, <laughs> I will say, yes, well, I didn't find the villain necessarily up there. I did quite enjoy the action in the film. I was never really bored any of the fight scenes. I thought um, I like slow-mo. I like, I'm kind of a fan of, of the Zack Snyder slow-mo which they definitely <laughs> embrace in this to kind of keep a through line I guess in the action between these films. Um, yeah, it's not my favorite so I did like yeah. the action scenes. I like the action scenes. I like the slow-mo. It doesn't bother me that much. Um Unless it's something... I don't know. Zack Snyder likes to use slow-mo, like, for someone drinking out of a cup or something. It's always often weird. Oh, this one, this one, Patty Jenkins uses it quite effectively. Um, she definitely uses it more effectively. More effectively yeah. in, does, in the action. But, yeah. um, 
like the the initial scene when Steve Trevor crashes on the beach and they're fighting the Nazis. Yeah, they really use it to uh, like accentuate like yeah. how quickly everything's mm-hmm. moving and like really letting yeah. you see what's going on rather than yeah. like. And definitely yeah. the No Man's Land scene as yeah, well. Yeah, the No Man's Land scene yeah. was very inspirational. I quite enjoy. Um, I actually quite enjoy the final battle. Um, I think it's pretty cool because you get to see, like, because up to this point you've just seen Wonder Woman really kind of kicking ass, taking names kind of thing, mm-hmm. and this she's it's like a raw power because she's basically like a god versus god yeah. kind of thing. So you get this raw like, like in terms of movies where they talk about the blue blue beams shooting into the sky mm-hmm. kind of thing, this is one where it's actually like warranted and it makes sense because they're two like gods using yeah. raw power yeah. to fight yeah. each it's other. It's just the pure force. It's just the pure of force that, of, exactly. of both yeah. of them. Yeah, and so I really liked. Um, the action, how it looked, and I definitely felt the energy and power of each attack. Um, so, yeah, and the music—I absolutely adore the Wonder Woman theme that uh, Hans Zimmer made that they carried through to that, that is, this film, or just like that, shredding that is, the cello. That is a really great theme, it's, but then, then it also kind of highlights how the rest of the score is—I don't. I mean, I don't know. They pretty much the only use the yeah, main theme, which is which is fine, but yeah, the rest I've, of the score is kind of. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell you any yeah, of the rest of the score except for that one yeah. riff. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what was I going to say? There was someone else going. Oh, uh, this isn't really a credit or not to the movie, but just kind of like Wonder Woman, like is at its best when it's in a vacuum. Like if you were just watching it as, oh yes, this is Wonder Woman, the movie. Nothing comes before it. Nothing comes after it. This is not related to any other movie. Because when you do look at it in the continuity of the DCEU, none of it makes any sense. And it's like, oh, like, Wonder Woman left the world of men. Why? Oh, Wonder Woman was there in World War One. Where was she in World War Two? She said she doesn't do anything. Why is she off fighting crime in Paris? And then, like, in Justice League, it's like, oh, why isn't she using her crazy god powers that she used to literally kill a god against these parademons and such? And it's just kind of like... Wonder Woman functions best in a vacuum on its own, but I don't think that that's not a mm-hmm. problem with Wonder Woman. That's a problem with yeah, the those rest are, of well, DC. Yeah, because she yeah. is in her best in this, yeah. which you can yeah, consider yeah. to be in yeah. a vacuum. Yeah. Well, yeah. and other than I, I, the I was, small I, I scenes just, that yeah. connected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like like I, mean, like I, mean, I said, that's nothing. Well, some of some of that connects because in Batman vs Superman they have they have the picture of her with the soldiers, so you know she fought in World War One. Yes. And then left. Okay. And then you know why she fights after because after Batman vs Superman. They're basically like, oh well, you know, we need to come out of hiding, and so that's why she's going off to help fight in Paris. It's like so that okay, at least makes but, sense. But then still, like, what's going to happen in nineteen eighty four? And then yeah, in nineteen eighty four, that's going to be the one where it's like, why is she coming back again? Kind of thing. Yeah, and so it's just kind of like when you look at everything, it's like what? And then, and then even then, in Batman v Superman, it's like, okay, why isn't she using her god powers? I know, yeah, against Doomsday to just no, it's not, just, yeah, it's not yeah, perfect. It was so, just you. You made a big list, and I was like, well, some of those connect. Yeah. I mean, some of them do, but then it's just kind of like yeah. They, yeah. they connect, but they don't. They don't really hold up very but, well. Um, but that's a similar thing to you know, at this point, you know, why isn't Thor constantly using his? You know, I mean, he he kind of is. Yeah, but he could have <laughs> he could have used yeah. them against you know. Thanos and the no, shit. He did. He tries to. Like, no, he he does. I get. Does, like, yes. Yeah, he, he, this he, has been so after after Thor Ragnarok when he kind of unlocks his like inner true god power. He definitely uses it to great effect in Infinity War. Yeah, but like, definitely at the end to bigger effect. But it's like it's the same concept. It's just like you could constantly be in this state, and it doesn't explain any reason like why you're not, why he's not. You know, he, he was. 
Anyway, that, that's, Anywho. That, that I'm, is, I'm that just like I'm just saying it's not quite the same. Yeah. He doesn't unlock but, it to do like the like star like to channel the star or anything like that. Like you just that's that's this is a that's con- arguable. Th- this but is a yeah, different. We'll, yeah, we'll just we'll just. I'm just saying it's uh, similar to. I. I argue that it is a bit different, but we'll yeah. we, we can talk about that later. Well, that's yeah, that's a different conversation. Let's move on. I think we've talked enough about Wonder Woman. To uh, let's do something not super. Let's do, let's baby, do baby Driver. driver. We'll bookend it. Um, What's the best thing about this movie? I absolutely love this movie. Um, it's not like perfect. No film is perfect. Um, I quite enjoy very much. I mean. Kind of the main thing about this movie is how it is so well timed. Mm-hmm. You know the sound design and sound editing and everything with it, mixing, um, and just like I remember, I was at the the premiere of it at South by Southwest last year, and um, everyone coming out of that um, very much before because at the time it was it was just after Oscar season and everyone was mm-hmm. talking about La La Land and a lot of people were comparing it to La La Land and that it was a very kind of like musical movie and I was like it's not really a, a musical but the fact that that how they used music to like integrate into the story mm-hmm. um and into like physically how you watch the movie like the actions that everyone takes are For set sure. to a beat or to a song um and I thought that was done quite effectively and it's very unique to that film I don't really know of any other film that does anything quite like that at all um and I very much love that I like the characters in it, I like Baby and um, kind of his whole love story. I think is adorable. Um, Lily James is fantastic. John Hamm and his kind of turn to the villain, I think, is um, is very interesting. I, I liked his character and kind of because it's not really expected because the whole movie you're thinking Kevin Spacey is the villain, um, and then he has a kind of a bizarre. Um, turn to a good guy and then sacrifices himself, which I was like, this doesn't really seem, seems very kind of drastic. Um, and then his character I felt was kind of cookie cutter, bad guy in it anyway. Yeah. But then I really, yeah, I really liked John Hamm's villain and I liked John Hamm's, um, like you don't really see him as the villain that often. Right. And so I liked how he kind of channeled a darker side. Um, I quite enjoyed, uh, all of, the, of course, all the car chases are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought everything was extremely well choreographed. Um, I know in one of the behind the scenes, Edgar Wright talks about they basically like strapped him to the back of the car, and he had a walkie, and he was talking to to the people in the car on an earpiece with the walkie strapped to the back of the car, looking through a camera <laughs> during all these car chases. And I'm like, that's just insane. That is, yeah, how he did that. Um, and then. In terms of negatives for the movie, I think um, I think it's extremely well paced. Um, there are a couple of parts where the the story itself naturally kind of ebbs and flows. That I think it's consistent in pacing of the movie, but I just kind of felt myself being like, "All right, let's get to the next part." Yeah. Um, but I I don't necessarily think that the film was poorly paced. I just think there are a couple of ebbs and flows in it where I was like, "And let's move on." Yeah, um, and what I think is the issue where that comes in is with uh, multiple viewings mm-hmm. of yes. the movie. Yeah, I definitely. Once felt you that know on the what happens third, throughout yeah. the whole thing, you feel like yeah. When it lulls, you're like yeah. Come on, yeah. I know that there's something cool coming yeah. up. Like, can we get definitely through I, with this? Yeah, you definitely feel it on like the second or third viewing. Um, and like I said, I thought yeah, Kevin Spacey's film was kind of or 
quasi-villain turns into a good guy. I yeah. thought that whole thing was kind of eh. I thought his villain was kind of It's fine, eh. but it's a little over the top, and this movie yeah. is a little over the top. Yeah, I liked how, um, how kind of quickly Jamie Foxx and John Bernthal, right at the beginning, were dispatched, and you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, but I quite enjoyed it. Brett, what did you think? Uh, I, I liked Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. I remember there was so much hype for this movie when it came out. I remember everybody was like, oh my god, Baby Driver, oh my god, Baby Driver. People were dressing up as Baby for Halloween. I was like, okay, maybe I should see this movie. And I saw it, and I think it might have been a little overhyped for me, because I was like, okay, that was really good. I, I like, like, yeah, all the car chases were great, all the action sequences were great. Uh, I did find myself, like, when it wasn't during a car chase and it wasn't during one of the action sequences, I was very much like, I definitely felt it kind of like, it didn't come to a screeching halt, but I definitely felt them, like, pump the brakes, pun mm-hmm. intended. Uh, and I was kind of like, oh, okay, okay. And, like, the love story was cute, but, like, I, I'm having a hard time recalling anything that wasn't really, like, centered on, like, one of, like, the action set pieces, and so it's just kind of like, uh, yeah, I thought Kevin Spacey, his character was kind of like, oh, okay, like, he's like a crime boss, and like, oh, he's gonna let Baby out of this, oh, no, he's not, okay, no, he's gonna help him, like, oh, no, he's dead, like, yeah, I did feel like that was kind of cookie cutter, uh, yeah, I, I was happy, John Bernthal was in it, and then was out of it, because I love John Bernthal, I was like, okay, so John Bernthal isn't going to die in this movie, because <laughs> uh, I really like John Bernthal. Uh, I found Jamie Foxx's character to also be kind of cookie cutter. It's like, oh, he's crazy. He's evil. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. What's going to happen to the crazy evil guy? Then they killed him. And it's like, okay, great. Yeah. And then John Hamm turned out to be the bad guy. And I was kind of like, well, they needed somebody to be like an antagonist for the rest of this movie because this isn't a movie that's not going to have an antagonist based on what all we've seen. And so I was kind of like, oh, so John Hamm is going to be the villain. And so I, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. John Hamm's the villain now, uh, but he 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 still did a good job. I thought the whole changing his character that was kind of vanilla, but that might just be me. But yeah, the yeah the way they integrated music into all the actions was really good. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I think the writing of, like, the writing and the story could, like, I don't want to say could have been tighter, because that's not the right word, but it definitely, like, was too a little too much of a drop-off, like, after, like, all the super high adrenaline, like, gets you mm-hmm. pumped, look at, like, the music, the action, the car chases, and it was, like, I did feel like it did slow down, like, way too much, and it's like, oh, okay, this is maybe not, like, with all that energy, it's like, we need something to help us, like, coast off of that, rather than just, like... Like just hard cold stop like that. Yeah, if that if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, two areas that I think we've kind of skipped on in this film. Uh, first of all, being just the incredibly well curated soundtrack for this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're right. Fantastic taste in music. He really does have the band has a fantastic taste. And in music I mean, turned it into films. two, turned it into uh, three great cameos in. This movie, mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught it, uh, John Spencer from the John Spencer Blues Explosion, mm-hmm. who uh, plays the opening song Bell Bottoms. Uh, he's a prison guard in this mm-hmm. and shows up. And then uh, Killer Mike and Big Boy, uh, two uh, prominent Atlanta rappers, 
Big Boy, who, uh, of course, is a part of Run the Jewels. Or, sorry, Killer Mike, who's a part of Run the Jewels, and Big Boy are on Chase Me, which is the original song written for the movie with Danger Mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's also very, very good. Mm-hmm. But uh, those turned into some great cameos, especially those two being a kind of a shout-out to Atlanta, where this movie takes place and yeah, was filmed. it was filmed. Um, which I remember mm-hmm. Air Wright was talking about... Um, that they originally was originally set in LA, I think, and then they went and filmed it all in Atlanta. And they basically said the city, you know, has such a good kind of character on its own mm-hmm. that let's let's say it's in Atlanta, um, yeah. which I really liked. And with basically all of Hollywood's filming going on in Atlanta right now, it's great to see some productions actually embrace the location. Yeah, um, for sure. So I loved that. And yeah, Edgar writes, as always. I think to me this is. Maybe his most mature film. I don't know if it's my favorite of his. Mm-hmm. But you definitely see his growth in this one as a filmmaker. For sure. And kind of all of his his humor and his action and stuff kind of all coalescing together. Yeah. Well, but that's I what I was going to say is the other point we kind of gloss over is the moments of levity or humor in this movie are actually fantastic. I think that... I know Brett's not always a fan of interrupting maybe a more dramatic or uh, action-heavy sequence with a joke. I know that sometimes... Not a favorite of his, so I don't know how you felt about it, but I really liked moments like the Mike Myers masks and stuff like that. Like, if the comedy's good and, like, actually, like, serves some kind of purpose, not just, like, oh, here's a joke, because why not have a joke? But, like, yeah, the Mike Myers bit, like, yeah, I loved that. I thought that was really funny. I'm talking about stuff where it's like, oh, somebody, like, just died or is dying. Oh, let's have somebody make a joke, because... Okay, yeah. Like when it's like when it's like a joke at a time when nobody would make a joke or do something stupid or silly like that, that's when it really bugs me. But like in this, like given like the character of all the people mm-hmm. that we've seen, like it made sense and it fit. So like when it works, it really works. When it doesn't, that's when it really annoys me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that is in some of the moments where Jamie Foxx being used as, you know, just the crazy violent guy or whatever, like whether that's cookie cutter or not, it does make for some, you know, nice moments of mm-hmm. little, little jokes and stuff that, you know, when he grabs the ear button, just very high pitched says tequila. Like, mm-hmm. It's a fun, it's a fun moment. It's a fun movie. It, uh, yeah. I quite enjoyed it. It's a good ride. Yeah. Quite literally. Quite literally. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> I will still say one of my favorite videos, uh, on the internet from last year was when they put out the video of tracing on Google Maps mm-hmm. exactly where that first yeah. car chase happened. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and you see where the jumps in location mm-hmm. happened, but, like, <laughs> probably because of construction, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I, um, yeah, I also really like, like I said, this is, to me, I think, Edgar Wright's most mature film thus far. But I really like that it has none of his regular people. Yes. Because Edgar Wright's one of those people that likes to use the same group of, you know, five or six actor, actors and everything. Mm-hmm. And this one has none of them, and he made a very conscious decision to do that, and I think it paid off. I think it's interesting yeah. to see him work with with different people, and uh, absolutely, I think this that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, sorry. What? Uh, uh, I was just going to talk, uh, like in terms of like narrative mm-hmm. of the movie. I feel like there were a couple of spots that were like a little like too convenient. Like, during the whole, like, first car chase, because he's in that red car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, there comes that bit where there just happens to be two other red cars that look exactly the same from an aerial perspective and, like, how he manages to, like, 
he, he like slows down in front of one of them so that he can get in between them, but yet they somehow all like stay in the same like they all stay right next to each other. That that I was kind of like, okay, this is really cool, but was this planned? Is this just like a very very lucky coincidence? Yeah. I mean, or... I've had that happen driving on the highway. Like I've been, I've driven next to a car that was like two cars that were almost exactly the same as okay, mine. but in the middle of a high speed chase. I mean, like it, it's, it's like I've I, I, I've also driven next to cars that are the same car as mine, but we have not stayed perfectly next to each other for an extended period of time on a high speed chase when people are slowing down in front of us and all of that. And I'm so, just saying it's not impossible. Like, like it's not like, out of the realm of imagination. Like I like it's convenient, the, but it's, it's the, one of those in, things convenient. Like in, for the movie. Prin- in principle, being next to a car that's the same as yours, no, that that's very possible. That's happened, as we just said. But in the situation, the way that happened oh, yeah. and it's, played out, that's when it's like, mm, like I can suspend my disbelief, but that's a little, that's a little, that's pushing yeah. it a little bit. If I had to like really connect it, I'd just say like that's just a testament to Baby's observation of what's going mm-hmm. on around exactly. him on the road, like, okay. no, maybe or uh, taking advantage mm-hmm. of the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like yeah, it's just the way that it happened. I was like, mm, okay, yeah. But like, no, but, I understand like, that. The, but the rest of it was so good. I was kind of like, okay, like. And some like, of it you have to yeah. chalk up to style over substance. Yeah. Sometimes, and, like this is a yeah. very stylistic mm-hmm. film. Like it. Yeah. And I think it pays off when it you know really hits those stylistic moments. Like, but maybe you, you maybe walk out with a couple of questions. Or, yeah, and so and then just like if we're doing like a mini fracas, that's something. Like oh, that. for sure. It's that's that, that's something about. I got to think about and consider, yeah. but. So, so Spider Man, yeah. Spider Man Homecoming. Sure. Um, <laughs> this is probably now that I've sat with it for a year, a year about now, a year. Um, <laughs> probably almost exactly a year by yeah, the time this comes out. I'm pretty much uh, pretty much good saying it's um, my favorite Spider Man movie that they've ever made. Um, for a long time, it was Spider Man Two. But I watched it not too long ago and found myself not as in love with it. Um, but I absolutely adore Spider-Man Homecoming. I love mm-hmm. that he's the proper age. I love that yeah, he's... Yeah, that's very nice. I, I mean, I love Tom Holland. I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he very much embodies um, Peter both, Parker. Both Spider-Man and, and Peter. Peter and yeah. Spider-Man. Um, he's got that kind of sarcasm that's necessary. Yeah, and, he's got the... But he's yeah. also got that kind of, like, wonder wonderment... Especially whenever he interacts with Iron Man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely, I love this film. I mm-hmm. love. I think the villain is fantastic. I think oh, Michael yeah. was yeah. menacing and great. <laughs> so scary. I thought um, it it handled all of its connections well. It definitely felt more like a smaller scale Marvel movie, not quite as for as sure extreme as all the other ones that yeah, said I have to like, go. I I remember like going like. This thing didn't have the best, like, build-up to it. Cause, like, I remember everybody was kind of like, we just had a Spider-Man reboot. Why do we need another one? And I was kind of on that train of, like, yeah, I'll go see it, but I'm not going to be happy about it. And then they revealed the logo, and it was like, it's not a great logo trying to emulate, like, the old comic font. It was like, eh, this movie, yeah. But I remember going in, I was kind of like, all right, I'll just suspend any bias and everything and just watch it and I remember just being just having fun and just having such a good time the whole time and I was like okay so he's dorky nerdy high school Peter Parker okay that's really cool 
But I remember, like, the moment where, like, it got me, where I was like, no, like, this is Spider-Man, is that scene during, like, his opening, like, his, like, first, like, montage of him, like, going around the city, mm-hmm. when he's, like, giving, like, the old lady directions mm-hmm. and stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that is, like, that's something Spider-Man would do. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, like, no, like, they they know who Spider-Man is. Like, the rest of this movie is all up to the villain and the action, like, the conflict. For and sure. How mm-hmm. we get there and everything. It's just... Yeah, and you, you were right, like, the wonderment and, like, the wit and the sarcasm and everything. It's like, mm-hmm. they they sat down, they read some comic books, they did their research, they know who Peter Parker and Spider-Man are supposed to be, and I just, like, yeah. God, yeah. It's, yeah. it's so good. So you talked about it feeling more like a smaller-scale MCU movie, which I definitely agree with you mm-hmm. on. The thing I really like about it, though, is it does feel still uh, like it's on a larger scale than any other Spider-Man movie we've seen. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, just the presence of a universe outside of New York City. Yeah. Feels just I don't know, I feel like it gives Spider-Man a little room to breathe. It yeah, makes I love him feel connect- I mean, yeah, just I love having him connected to the greater yeah. universe yeah. does make it in my opinion a little more fun, gives it a little more mm-hmm. room to breathe. You have, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Especially when you're making uh I mean, if we're being honest, not all of us are totally tapped, you know, not everyone in the world is totally tapped into exactly which universe every single comic book movie exists in. Yeah. So, like, what Sony ran into when they were making the Amazing Spider-Man movies was, you know, people going, so what do the Avengers have to do with this? Or, you know, (laughs) and this, you know. It's very clearly says nowhere in the same world. Yeah. Here's Tony Stark. Yeah. And it, you know. It here's feel, Captain it, America on our gym videos. <laughs> here's, but it just—it feels nice to have it. I loved that. that was it sweet. just feels nice to have it all, you know, under one roof. Now. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely. That's real nice. That's part of my favorite part of any of these MCU films is, especially as they progress more and more, just the general connectivity of like, because even Ant Man, which is one of the more secluded ones. Mm-hmm. You get also smaller scale. Also smaller scale. You get you know Hank Pym talking about you know people dropping like dropping cities out of the sky, so yeah. you know that this is a bigger and, part. Uh, um, and, and they even got it and being like, isn't this a job for the Avengers? For the Avengers, I think our first thing yeah. we should do is call, call the Avengers. Avengers. And then yeah. he even has to go to like and the, the, new the new Avengers facility and fights the Falcon. Yeah. And what I think is one of the best fight sequences and any of the MCU mm-hmm. movies or at least it's one of my favorites yeah so, oh my so yeah just that, that kind of stuff in Spider-Man the general connectivity whether it's the gym video or it's like it's not overbearing yeah it's not it's overbearing like, or like heavy handed it's not like oh remember we're part of the MCU yeah. remember which which and a lot of people rightly so kind of had the worry that this would be like Iron Man 4 with Spider-Man yeah um, so, because it was so heavy in the marketing. I never was worried about that because I thought it was very similar to like a Pirates of the Caribbean situation where this is the star that we want you to go watch the movie for. Go watch it because Robert Downey Jr. is in the movie. Whereas, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, it's like, go watch this movie because Johnny Depp is in it. He's front and center mm-hmm. in everything, even mm-hmm. though he's not, as we discussed in our previous season, the main character of that movie. And so you have that kind of happen in this Spider-Man Homecoming that Tony Stark, not the main character, but he's definitely heavily featured in all the marketing because they want you to go watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And got, it worked. I mean, I'm looking at the poster right here. You have a big old Iron Man and a big old Tony yeah. Stark. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing which, like, which it's yeah. not a great poster. What I was like, talking no, about that, that that was another thing. I was like, none of the posters for Spider Man Homecoming I thought were good. I didn't like any of them. And I was like, oh, this movie's gonna be something. But then like I saw it, and I was like, I was so pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. and just yeah, because I I I was of the, I was on that train. I was like, 
Tony Stark's all over these trailers and all over these posters. This is gonna be this is gonna be Iron Man featuring Spider Man, not a Spider Man movie. But I, I need to learn to yeah. just suck yeah. it up and go watch a movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> like I had more faith I, in I, them that they wouldn't do that. Like, yeah. I, I think Spider Man Homecoming. It's like I oh my god, I used to be like one of those like angry like fanboys. I was kind of like oh this 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 comic book movie straight from the comics in these ways. So da 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 and like. I managed to chill out over the course of college, but I think Spider-Man Homecoming is definitely the one that just kind of, like, broke me of that bad habit where I was kind of like, it's a movie. Just, yeah, they don't just need... watch the movie, yeah. man. Calm down. They're, they're inspired by the comics, but they're not I, meant I know to that, be it, like, it, from yeah, like, the I'm, comics. Like, and I'm, like, so embarrassed to, like... Like, I look back on my life and I was like, oh, I was one of those people. Uh, and I feel the need to go, like, take a shower and, like, mm-hmm. ap- call and apologize to everybody I've ever talked to about a comic book movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say that a part of that bigger universe, but also still feeling small, is the villain in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Keaton's Vulture yeah. is like, I mean, because the tech comes from the Battle of New yeah. York, but mm-hmm. like his goal isn't to, you know, well, take over the world or, you know, help Thanos come. He's you know. a very blue collar villain, yeah. too. He's a regular guy yeah. that got affected by everything. And he's got he a very, just... yeah, he's got a very, like, strong motivation mm-hmm. as to yeah, why he's oh, doing what he's doing. he's fantastic. Doing. But, like, it's a big part of that. Yeah. It's connected to the larger universe, but, like, yeah. he's not, you know, yeah, he just he's wants... not a big scale villain. He's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, trying like, to make a living. Yeah, and he's, he's... <laughs> he's just a regular, like you said, mm-hmm. he wants to make a living. He's not, like... Zemo, who like yeah. was this guy that was affected by everything, but yet manages to somehow totally infiltrate and destroy the Avengers. It's like no, it's just a guy who was affected by it, and he's doing what he can, mm-hmm. and just yeah, I, yeah. I just he's using like, the skills he has. To- it's like this, this is something that could have and probably yeah. would happen to somebody mm-hmm. that if this was like the real world. Also, one of the few Marvel films that I think quite effectively has a twist. Oh yeah, with with them revealing that yeah, his I, love interest I, is the villain's um, father. Father. Yep. Which I think is just a fantastic twist, don't you guys? Yeah. yeah like, I, mean, I, I remember, every, like, m- like me and everybody else in the theater. Like, you could hear everybody just be like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. was like, "How did like how did like how did I not see that coming?" But you watch it now, and it's like. Of course. Of course. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. I could you, sense you it never, coming yeah. up, but I wasn't... Like, mm-hmm. I could tell something was off when he was coming up, and then I was like, oh, that's what's off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, I really... If that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Just being like, something's not right here. Oh, no. And anyone who says that Michael Keaton was not an effective villain need only look at the scene with him in the car, where he basically tells him, I will murder you. I will you. kill your family <laughs> and everyone oh, you love. And it's like... Like, I'm loving this. I'm sorry. Not a nice man. <laughs> you are an actor. Yeah. You, Side are, note, you are not just Batman. I'm loving the Michael Keaton renaissance we've had in like the last, you know, five. I mean, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> always been a great actor. He's always been yeah. good. I don't necessarily but, know that it's a renaissance. The fact, it's that, just he's, it's just the fact that he's come back and yeah, changed the public eye doing a lot more. Him. People remembering him. But <laughs> yeah, so I only really have um, like one other quick point. I really, um, I actually really enjoy the score of this movie. It's Michael Giacchino. Um, oh my God. I, he did it. Uh, I mean, this is his second MCU film, I think, after Doctor Strange. Um, oh, he I, did Doctor Strange? He did, he did do Doctor oh, Strange. Cool. I, um, cool. this is one of... I should rewatch that movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I used to be one of those people who was like, none of, none of the MCU movies have their own unique theme, but that's actually not true. If you go back and listen to each, each, uh, score, they do all actually have their own characteristic yeah. theme. Yeah. People just don't listen to them enough. No. Um, and Spider-Man <laughs> definitely has a good one, and I really like it, and they also, he also utilizes, like, the classic Spider-Man theme. Yeah. Um, on top of 
his own new one that he that he has in the film. So I really like the score yeah. for this one and the music choice because they have some some music in there. And I think like the very end with with Aunt May <laughs> and it cuts right to to Blitzkrieg Bop. I think that was used quite effectively. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what. Does anyone have any anything they didn't like in Spider-Man: Homecoming as much? I mean, it's it's really good. Yeah. And what I think is maybe not a criticism because I think it does it well and, you know, makes the, and does, it's, I think it's a little paint by numbers at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely, yeah, follows the formula. But I think where it excels is what it does with those, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. those familiar sure. beats, but making them feel fresh mm-hmm. or making them feel at least, you know worth yeah. your yeah. time because it's like yeah oh like this is the part where like the hero like doesn't know if he can do it but like the way that it's done mm-hmm. it's just kind of like there's just yeah. yeah yeah so i don't know if it's a real criticism but I was, mm-hmm. i'll say it's a, you know is that sounded sounded more like a positive yeah, well, this yeah. One, and this one, yeah this <laughs> one. i started and i'm like the more i think about it the more I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like this isn't really a negative but and it's this, it's yeah. a little paint by numbers yeah this film also being more small to scale doesn't have quite as big of a disconnect between audience and what's going on in the screen right. like a lot more right. people in the audience can like at least, like, I do I, myself, as, like, a high, like, recently out of high schooler, when I had seen the movie, um, could very much identify with, like, Peter Parker and his friends. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the few movies where I was like, no, this actually kind of captures high school. It's not like an adult saying, oh, no, this is what kids do in high school. Yeah. This felt very much like an organic environment. Yeah. Which it see it, it was a lot better. I did like yeah. that. If you want to watch an example of uh, what adults think high school is like go watch the cw's riverdale it's almost <laughs> hilarious how how much they miss the mark on that exactly yeah uh the thing i yeah i'll say about it is like it feels so much more like high school of course you know his bully is going to be in the same club as him yeah the yeah. people you hang out yeah. with in high school <laughs> like that, yeah you don't uh, have, like, no one ever gets that. actually bullied by the jocks because yeah. the, the people that get you know uh, the nerds don't yeah, the, hang the out with the jocks. Don't hang out with the jocks. They don't know who I, each other are. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I will admit, uh, the comic fan in me, what like was a little disappointed that Flash wasn't one of the jocks because in like the old Spider-Man comics, oh, for sure. Flash, like it's so stupid. It's so funny how Flash Thompson is the jock, and all the girls are like Psh, Peter Parker. Why would I go out with a science geek like you? And I could go out with a man like Flash Thompson. <laughs> and I was just a little disappointed. Flash wasn't some letter jacket. And Jock that was just like pushing Peter Parker but, around, but, but he's like, also definitely like. But no, like I like yeah. I, 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 I just like I'm like I'm only like half serious mm. when I say this. But he's for real like a high school bully, like yeah, calling like, him Penis Parker, driving and stuff, like, driving his dad's Audi to yeah. school yeah. and everything. He's like he's ridiculous, <laughs> but like it's also it's so much it's, more like it's high school. It's believable. Than, like, it's real. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I and just we we talk about how like movies like always have like an ebb and flow and like can't be on all the time. When we were doing our re- our MCU watch through watching Spider Man Homecoming. I mean, like, I remember being like, it's this movie on is always time. on. Like, this movie doesn't have, like, a yeah. dull moment. No, it's not always action. But I remember being like, I'm, like, there was not a moment where I was, like, mm-hmm. ever, like, okay, let's get to the next part or, like, bored or anything. I was just kind of, like, if, like, I feel like Spider-Man Homecoming is probably, like, the closest in recent memory, like, a movie has gotten to, like, being on, like, the whole mm-hmm. time for me. Yeah, I feel like there's just so much going on that you can bounce from situation to situation and you're not ever like, 
oh, this is kind of the boring one or the one. Well, you also like, have a very like high energy protagonist. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I, I, think so, that, I think that's what makes it really yeah. work. Well, like you have his story with the uh, academic decathlon yeah. team. You have his home life, which is still very interesting. Yeah. You have him and Happy Hogan and Tony yeah. Stark. Like it's like all three of those kind of situations that Spider Man mm-hmm. and Peter Parker find himself in in yeah. this movie are all interesting to watch so when you bounce between them mm-hmm. you're to like bored. fill time between yeah. the you know mm-hmm. obvious mm-hmm. gaps between yeah. those you're not bored because all of them are engaging yeah, yeah. so we've yeah. talked a lot about Talk all three of these movies, movies. Yeah. I think yeah. we can do our winners and losers for sure so uh, my winner um, I guess we just do winners because we're just choosing the best one we, do we need to do a loser I guess yeah we can just do a winner uh, my winner, I, I guess it's not going to be that difficult. Such a positive. Do, yeah, <laughs> if we just do winners, I think it's going to be that. Let's do a winner and a loser. Um, so our winner is, uh, my winner is... Uh, Speak for oh, yourself, Carter. On. My winner is Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't know about everyone else, though I'm, I have a sneaky suspicion from our conversation. Um, I'm also going with Spider-Man Homecoming uh, as we kept talking. I really enjoy all three of these movies. But as we kept talking, I was like... No one could come up with a negative. Right. <laughs> I really liked it. And the more we talk about it, the more I realize it's a really good film. Uh, it's, it's a good movie. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe... Like, and I feel like so bad. Like, I'm like, I can't believe there was a point in time where I did not want to see this and I was not excited for this movie. Yeah. Uh, just, and but so, uh, oh, in case you couldn't tell, yes. yeah, my, my winner is also going to be Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, I knew <laughs> as soon as we chose this movie, and I remembered that Brett drove to San, Antonio, San Marcos, San Antonio, oh, uh, to get a Mondo glass. Yeah, of this the, movie. the Alamo Draft House. Uh, every now and then, they'll have a promotional pint glass done uh, in conjunction with Mondo for specific movies. I remember when uh, they made one for Spider-Man Homecoming, and I was like, "Oh, it's a nice glass. Too bad I don't want to see that dumb movie." And then I saw the movie, and I was like, I was so wrong. But then I didn't remember about the glass until, like, relatively recently. And I was like, oh, I want one of those. And uh, I found somebody selling one on eBay. And they're like, oh, I'm selling it for this reasonable price. But with shipping, it's going to come to a very unreasonable price. And this person was selling it from San Antonio. So I messaged them. I'm like, hey, can I just meet you in San Antonio and pick it up? And they were like, yeah, sure, that'd be so much easier. And I was like, okay. So one Saturday afternoon... I drove down to San Antonio, met this guy at a Starbucks, bought the Spider-Man Homecoming glass from him, and came home. Mud. Yeah. Now, shout out to Alamo Draft House, probably the best theater chain in the country. Yes. And shout out to mm. Mondo. They make some good-ass posters. I'm ready for the Mondo they're, they're, film they're, they're, practice merch that I'm going to start. Didn't Alamo Draft House go through a whole like, hashtag me too kind of thing? Kind of, but it was more Fantastic Fest. It was more Fantastic okay. Fest okay. and Birth Movie's Death. Okay, I just remember seeing... The, the theater chain, however. Theater chain. My still, favorite in the country. Yes. Yeah, Everyone's it's, it's uh, general good. opinion was, theater chain, awesome. Some of the people involved with it, not okay, great. That, that, yeah. that, that's what I should have said. Sorry. So, Thanks, um, guys. Yes. Because no, that's, right. that's why I keep but you Mondo around. and Alamo Draft House, still very yeah. good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we ought to do... Our loser. Our losers. So, my <laughs> loser this week is Wonder Woman. Um, between Baby Driver and Wonder Woman, I go back and forth, and, um, I just, I think Baby Driver's a better made film altogether as a unit. Um, I think Wonder Woman has some great parts, but overall, I just, I'm kind of like, meh. So, that's, that's how I feel on it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we only have three movies to choose from, (laughs) and, uh, my loser this week, I think I'm also going to go with Wonder Woman. 
like I said, I like and you know, really enjoy all three of these movies. They're three of the best movies that came out last year. But uh, just when it came to terms of what I wanted to watch over and over again, I did. Mm-hmm. I think I choose Baby Driver I, the way it's stylistically. You know, everything is timed to the music. Everything, just Wonder Woman. While it has its great moments, I don't think it measures up to the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, my loser is also going to be Wonder Woman. Wow, welcome <laughs> to the sexist white male oh podcast. My God, we like, are the worst, aren't we? Apparently. Never uh, mind, we shouldn't have done that. We, <laughs> we're done. Our loser is us. It's us. <laughs> we lost. We lost today. Uh, like, Will this ever, I mean, that, ever get just, to air? Who knows? Uh, Probably. <laughs> We I need mean, content. Like, I mean, Car- Carter said it best. Like, Baby Driver is a yeah. better made movie. Yeah. That's not speaking to any, like, it's not speaking to mm-hmm. the genders or anything. That's just, when you look at it, mm-hmm. like, Edgar Wright just made a better quality mm-hmm. film. And I think Patty Jenkins, all, like, this, is, this isn't to discredit Patty Jenkins yeah. and be like, oh, you made a bad movie. It's like, I think she had to work with mm-hmm. a number of constraints being, having to, like, tie this into a whole universe. Universe. <laughs> poorly made universe yeah. and everything and so like she like she did not make a bad yeah. movie but i just think mm-hmm. like well, and yeah, ba- baby driver is just a little bit of a better made one and none of this to discredit the impact of wonder woman oh no, significance, no not, not which i think is absolutely you know amazing and fantastic mm-hmm. and, and what it's done as an inspiration for so many yeah. you know like, women and people across the world and like and i kind of felt this when the movie came out i mean people were talking about it for best picture and all this and i was like this movie's not that good <laughs> like, it has an impressive I, impact I like, this movie is incredibly influ- influential and impactful like, and it should be celebrated for both of those things but it, if you're looking at the quality of a film it's not it's that okay. great it's perfectly I, fine i remember i had a conversation or at least i remember hearing somebody say like oh it's about time they made a wonder woman movie i'm like i know right like she's a big character yeah. it's about time we got like the last of the big 3 and they're like what no? It's about time we had a big like female superhero movie. I was like, oh yeah, that too. Like I was just kind of like, she's a big part of comics. Yes, yeah. there should be a. I I honestly, even though I love Ant Man, I believe like a Wonder Woman movie should have happened before an Ant Man movie. Mm-hmm. Not just like, but I still, not for those. I, I like I like both of them. To do with I each like other. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just saying in terms like when you look in people, terms of culture. Like, yeah. Like, like looking at like oh like who are the big yeah. popular comic book characters and everything. I've like I'm like. Why did it take this long? We really should have gotten a, a Wonder Woman movie before we got an Iron Man movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at you look at like, it, the three most popular characters in comics are still Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and that's yeah. more popular than any Marvel comic. And yet, you know, Marvel's been able to make all these weird yeah, ass superheroes so be, come yeah. into the into the zeitgeist. Yeah. So, yeah, but. Overall, those that's, are that's kind of a wrap. So yeah, there that we go. Our winner this our, week, of course, being yeah. Spider-Man: Spider-Man Homecoming. Do we want to say who chose what movies? Or is no, that no, because no, we're fine. <laughs> we're fine. Um, we really just chose three movies yeah, we just to talk about. Three movies to talk about. No so teams. You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at ca spilliers, like spill something yard and add an s. Um, my recommendation this week is. Oh, I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go watch, because I'm looking at the poster on the wall, go watch Star Trek Beyond. If you haven't seen um, any of the other Star Trek movies, I highly recommend it. Um, I would recommend you maybe watch um, the J.J. Abrams 2009 Star Trek to get some context for the characters. But I think Star Trek Beyond is absolutely fantastic. It might actually be my favorite of, of the new movies. Um, 
it very much feels like you get the chemistry between the characters that very much feels like the old, the original series. And everyone's kind of at this point, you know, more comfortable in their role. And I think the villain is good and it's well written. And it just kind of itself feels very Star Trek y, which the, the previous two films before it felt very kind of action y. Yeah. So. I remember like seeing the trailer for Star Trek Beyond and I thought it was like, oh, somebody, like, whoever made this trailer also saw Guardians of the Galaxy. So I remember it felt very similar to the first trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. And for, I don't know why, but I got it in my head that like Star Trek Beyond was going to be like a wannabe Guardians movie. And thinking on it now, I'm like, no, that wouldn't make any kind of sense. Nope. And like, I really, I, I, I've realized I come to a lot of unfair and unnecessary snap judgments when it comes to movie before, trailers. That's <laughs> why so I like just watch a trailer and decide if you enjoy it or not. Don't think too much into it. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> on it. So I, I, should, I should probably watch Star Trek Beyond. It's fantastic. It's really good. I, 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 right I, I've, I've heard it's good. Maybe not right now, but anyway, you find me on Snapchat at Brett J H N S N number one. Post a review of a movie as close to every day as possible. You can let me know what you think, agree or disagree. Just boycott me or something. I don't know. For uh, example, what have you reviewed recently? Just uh, giving people an idea that people that don't follow you yet. I mean, I, I kind of I, I review kind of I'm kind of all over the place. But uh, the last couple movies I reviewed were the first Hellraiser, which I gave a thumbs down because that movie is not good. There is one good scene in that movie. The rest of it's boring and not good, and I do not like it. Uh, what have I? Oh, I recently reviewed the, because I reviewed Ocean's 8. I gave Ocean's 8 a thumbs down. If you want to know more, you can message me. We'll talk about it. I uh, reviewed the rest of the Ocean's trilogy. I gave Ocean's 11 and 13 a thumbs up. I gave Ocean's 12 a thumbs down. But uh, I kind of, I review stuff. I'm kind of all over the place. Yeah. Uh, my recommendation today is going to be uh, the, uh, I, don't, I don't remember what year it came out, but the Asian horror film House, also known as House. 1977. 1977. One of my it, favorite movies of all oh time. Oh my god, yeah. I love House. It's so beyond off the wall. Uh, it's so, so wild. It's so I love good. It. Like it's a it's technically a horror film. Like it's not very scary, but it's, it's a just, fantasy horror. It, it's a fantasy horror, yeah. Like it's it's a crazy, weird, great experience. Like it's a it's such a fun time. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Robbie underscore DeShazer. Uh, definitely follow me on Instagram. I'm going to start doing uh, some more things with live video coming up soon, especially on my trip to uh, Disney World in Orlando, Florida, coming up very, very soon when this comes out. Uh, so follow me there if you want to see me, uh, you know, just interacting in my daily life. Um, but some cool things to come. Uh, my recommendation, I'm going to go with uh, the new film Tag. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I've I one of the three very solid comedies that came out this year so far, um, but really good. Definitely recommend it. Go see it in the theaters. Uh, you know, prove that straight comedies like this that are mm-hmm. well made and cleverly written mm-hmm. actually are viable options for yeah. studios. Yeah. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Oh yeah, Phoenix isn't here to say <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> we'll cut that part out. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Film Fracas. We know there are a lot of shows on the web, and we are so glad you took the time to listen to ours. Thank you, Brett Johnson, Robbie DeShazer, and Phoenix Zarola for helping to write and produce each episode of the show. There's no team behind Film Fracas, it's just us, so consider giving us a five-star review wherever you listen. It really does help get the word out. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Film Fracas. Once again, thanks for listening, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode.